we did it. The mics all work. The mics all work. Congrats, everyone. <laughs> Check one two. Beep, boop, We're gonna boop. edit this so it, it just sounds super smooth. <laughs> all right, so. So extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? This is a it weed is PSA, a 45-minute weed PSA from the <laughs> Choke Artist Podcast. We're with the band Shikusky, pronounced correct. Yes. Awesome. Why don't you guys all introduce yourself? So I'm Kira. I'm Lenny. Eli. I'm Mark. I'm Liam. We did it. All right. Thanks for being here in the attic. Going swampy. Yeah, so uh, Extravaganza is an annual uh, festival held in our hometown of Amherst, Massachusetts, where on this nice little green in town, there are a circle of vendors and live performers jamming, and you can smoke weed on the green for that one day, and the cops just try to uh, herd you into that one <laughs> small space, and How it's allowed. Is it decriminalized for a day? It's decriminalized in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. But you're like actively allowed to do it. There, on that green, on, on the, that day. On the weed patio. So, but this festival has grown such in popularity that it will actually not be in Amherst this year because the green is too small. And the local glazed donut shop was overwhelmed. Wow. It's it's very awful. I love weed, <laughs> but the it's extravaganza is the worst event. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you sh can talk to Cheech about this because he, you know, you manage a few shops. So you deal, he deals with the lowest rung of people that smoke. <laughs> the highest. Whoa. Yeah, so, you know, you get some <laughs> low-class citizens. Cheech, I forgot to give you your microphone. So that, there we go. Is that one on? Thank you. Oh, we did it's it. On. Now, now, we're, now we're going. I'm, all, I'm tangled in five wires right now. Are you stoned? I'm not high, actually. Um, I'm also a cop. Part-time. <laughs> Hobbyist cop. <laughs> hobby cop yeah so um amherst massachusetts i did want to talk to all of you about it because we i mean i noticed the music scene there really coming up from all of you when you booked best of the worst and, and we played and there was extravaganza going on but unrelated is that to the local music scene <laughs> <laughs> but it was a cool town it was and i never i didn't even know it existed so did you all grow up around there or we all went to umass together umass amherst it's okay what brings a lot of people to that town? We are all from different parts of Massachusetts, except for Lenny, who's from Canada. No, <laughs> no, no he's way. actually from Portland, Maine. Okay. Um, but Basically yes, Canada. We all, yeah, we all met at school, and uh, we started the band while we were there, and now we're no longer there, but we mostly live in Amherst still. So, yeah. Cool. How did you all become like involved? Cause did you start running shows through your school, pretty much? Yeah, kind of. We were trying to, the reason we started booking shows at our school, um, a couple of us started this organization called Students for Alternative Music there, um, was because basement shows weren't really easily, I mean, like like anywhere, cops come to basement shows, so we decided to try to use the space at school to like have shows in a way that cops wouldn't come, and bands who are from out of town would be able to still play. And get money from the school. That's the, that's the best part, when you can get that college money. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that college money is what it's all about. <laughs> that's how you get back in the system. Book us at your college. <laughs> <laughs> They'll shell out so much dough, though, because they have the college budget. They're just eating everyone's money. So you might as well milk it. 
Well, it's kind of messed up because there's really, I mean, at least for us, there's not a great middle ground between like just being able to book a smaller DIY show on campus and like getting a bunch of money from the school. Like it's kind of one or the other. Sure. Um, and so, I mean, we were lucky enough to like work at it for a while and like get some school funding and then like it really opened up like doors for us in terms of booking. But um, it's just, it's like so hard to there's really no middle ground. It's either like you're in the worst venue in the world or like you're getting a ton of money from the school. So what was your sell to the school? Like, how did you convince them? Like, let us run shows. It's a good idea. Uh, well, we made sure that uh, they were sober shows or at least, you know, largely sober and like concealed. Yes. Advertised as sober. The people who are in charge of it now are a lot more stringent about it, which I respect because, I mean, it's the best way to keep it sustainable. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so doing that and also, you know, just promoting it as a thing that will bring in community, like create a, a larger sense of the town and the university by bringing in touring bands and also promoting the local scene and just, like, giving local bands, especially UMass students who play in bands, an opportunity to play a gig and, like, get a little bit of money and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So just, like... Create we we basically just promoted it as encouraging local music and they were pretty open to it, which was awesome. That's cool. I feel like that gets overlooked a lot that you can like pitch it as something that will bring together a town or a community, mm -hmm. especially in a college town. You have a lot of like younger people with like radical ideas or whatever. Um, there's a space in Jersey in Flemington actually called Ninety Main Street, mm -hmm. and it literally started because these dudes. Uh, you ever hear the band Casual? They're from New Jersey. Rad, like, punk band on, like, Square of Opposition. They did Sounds some stuff with them. familiar. I don't know, though. Um, so they, one of the guys, a politician, a local politician that was lobbying for some position, went to their house, one of the dude's house, and they answered their door, like, oh, I'm running for a uh, senator or mayor or anything you, you could do to let, let make the community better. Like, and the dude in casual just went off and told him, like, all these things wrong with the town and how there needs to be a center for, like, a hub for culture and art and, like, different ideas. So they turned this abandoned bank in Flemington into um, an art space. Mm -hmm. And they have shows there, but they also do, like, movie screenings and shit. Like, uh, oh, there's this fucking oil movie about how rigged the oil industry is. I forget what it's called. But I do all these cool stuff. And um, I just saw Dowsing there and Jank, like, a few oh, weeks nice. ago. So nice. That's awesome. And it's a, cool, it's a real cool spot in a town that, besides that, didn't have much going on. <laughs> And all it took was just, like, one angry punk kid to, like, go off on a politician. And, yeah. then like, they had their ducks in a row, like all of you did, with mm -hmm. pitching it to the school. And it just worked, so. Yeah, I think if you, like, understand the problems with, uh, or, like, the setbacks that local music has, you can explain it pretty easily if you just, you know, talk to somebody who has the power to, like, give you the opportunity to book shows. I think it, I don't know, I think you just need to say it in a calm, collected manner. And also... Make sure that the sh it's a sober space because that's really important to make it a accessible to the community. It was yeah. similar like that in uh, Brick when I was a kid because I remember being like 15, 16 years old and going to the county, or excuse me, not the county, but the town hall meetings and trying to explain to them how what we're doing isn't a, safe, isn't a safety risk to the community. It's actually benefiting the community because it's giving everybody uh, a safe, positive place to go. Eventually, they even ended up building a skate park for the kids, which ended up being pretty rad, you know? Trust me, the town has its misgivings, especially the way Brick Township is right now, but it, it's funny to bring that up because at, at the end of the day, think of what the town could be nowadays 
if the youth had that outlet to go to when they were kids it's in expressing things positively instead of negatively so it's it, it's rad amherst was great dude and and trust me dude i was going bar hopping that entire night up that street <laughs> we were the least of their worries yeah. that night <laughs> yeah there, there are a lot of punks in western mass and yeah they all congregate it's it's really not even just like specific to music um like all kinds of art and culture is really important to um cities and like i mean cities now have so many like unused spaces and op open storefronts and things like that and i mean like there's a couple cities away from amherst called east hampton um and like 10 years ago it was just like empty mill buildings it's an old mill town and like there was just nothing but um, the town government um, and arts organizations and things put like so much effort into encouraging local artists and different kinds of culture, and it's really like flourishing now and bustling, and it helps not just like the community, but there's all kinds of businesses happening in that town, and it really brings a lot of commerce. That's now people are moving there. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it brings people. It helps like give money to local businesses. You know, there's a show on one corner. Everyone's gonna go to the convenience store right next to it. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, I mean, as soon as we walked in and we were like, oh, uh, talking to Cheech, like, oh yeah, we um, met in Amherst and like the first thing you said was, oh yeah, the like place with right across from the awesome falafel place. You are what you and, eat. And like, they, they're super great there. They're like the nicest people and, um, but like whenever we put on shows or other people put on shows at the um, UU Hall right across the way, like they always get a ton of business. It's like, I mean, it's just common sense. Awesome. New Brunswick is kind of tricky. It's a little different. Um, there's no, I was talking about this today with someone, there's no like good middle-sized venue. There's Starland Ballroom, which is like 2,000 cap, like that's like Taking Back Sunday or some yeah. shit. And there's like punk bars, like divey bars that can hold like 150 people. But in this area, we resort to DIY spaces or house shows. The problem being that it's not a legitimate venue. So you can't post that just publicly. Publicly, There's the, always the risk of cops, but luckily, like, they kind of... I feel like cops have been chill in New Brunswick. We have to regain the trust of VFW halls and American legions, and we have to bring <laughs> that back. It's not happening. And bring that back to an Is agreeable it? level where we can all work together, realize we can all do good things for each other, not for nothing. Just look at the, the, the Moose Lodge at the end of Maniloking for the year and a half or so that it was going on. That fucking bar realized that it was making more money for their organization off of beer and snacks, fucking hot dogs, yeah. than they ever fucking have before, which will only benefit their organization and their group. If there could be somebody smart and safe enough to keep it secure, then why wouldn't it work? But we have to regain the trust, and that's one show at a time, which does not happen anymore <laughs> for the fear that nobody will come out. I think after the boom of, like, 2004 Mosh Warriors that shut down every VFW American oh Legion. BMAC. That did it happen up by you guys, too? Uh, well, yeah, um, so I grew up in Central Mass, um, right outside a city called Fitchburg, and I can't even, like, count the number of, like, art spaces that would pop up and then just, like, shut right back down, um, either because of that or, like, violence. I remember there was this one really, really cool place called the Umbrella Gallery, and, um, some kid got, like, thrown through the window oh, or shit. something, <laughs> and they, like, got shut down because of that, um, and it's, it's just such a bummer to see, like, some really great people with really great ideas and, like, a lot of potential, and there's definitely a need for it, but then have, like, 
shitty people disrespect it and just ruin it. For only everyone. takes one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I admire, um, I saw Bane. It was their last Jersey show on this two-year tour, farewell tour that they're doing. And more in American Legion, which is a small place in Jersey. Exactly my point. Everyone was cool. No one, like, started any problems. People were, like, pushing into each other, like, dancing or whatever and, like, piling onto each other. But, like, the the place is cool because they got money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's all about finding the right spots and like kind of building, gaining their trust, you know. Not, not every place will work, you know, and it, it, it'll take a long time to get all of that back again. But I think it is possible at the end of the day, you know, and then you wouldn't always have to have the fear of, you know, a touring band coming through to a basement. And unfortunately, something would go wrong. You know, they couldn't play. They, they wasted resources. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. You know, it's the worst feeling to, to have that happen. You know, for for everyone involved, fuck it. You know, so it, it's a bummer. You know, with house shows, we do have the benefit that I'm uh, like cops usually won't come because I'm a cop and I know most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I will tip. I'll tip Ferguson off. Like, hey, just stay away from Main Street tonight. Um, <laughs> cover the other areas. Yeah, it, it's not too bad. So I'm a cop. It seems like the house show scene is really strong here. Um, we've only played here once before, but um, just from that show and he- hearing a lot of other people talk about New Brunswick, it does sound like one of the best places for house shows. And I think that even though house shows are really high risk, there is something super special about going to a show where you need to find the address from somebody. It, it, it's it's special in some way. It kind of helps. It forces a community because you have to talk to people and get the address. Then you're in their house, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a hang. I mean, this city has, like, a history of bands that came up. You know, like, Thursday was on Division Street and did house shows there, which is, like, three blocks over. Three decades of history of yeah. house Like, shows. Lifetime was from here, right? Lifetime, Bouncing Souls. The Ergs, well, th- they were, I guess, South Amboy or whatever, but, I mean, they played here a lot. Just a lot of bands. This was always a cool spot in Jersey for that. It's, it's definitely a good thing. I think that there's also, I mean, I like playing house shows for certain reasons, but it's still really important to have places that are meant for shows because I know that there will be a bathroom with a door that closes. There will be a faucet. I won't, like be inhaling dust and things like that and that I'll feel a lot more comfortable in the space and I think a lot of other people feel that way which is why it was nice that something got established at UMass um, because we had access to a lot of spaces with a lot of accommodations and they sound better and all that sort of thing and people were less likely to get rowdy and drunk and unsafe. Totally. Like It's very rare to get go to like a DIY house show and have it be like handicapped ac- accessible that's like, true um you usually have to like crawl down a like narrow steep flight of stairs <laughs> and like navigate like through somebody's like awful basement and um i mean like granted like there's something like liam said like special and like i'm very fond towards them but um it's really important to like keep things like inclusive and sure. not exclusive i've loaded <laughs> base cabs down so many twisted stairways into basements yeah. that my back's gonna be favorite fucked part, up favorite yeah. part of tour yeah I can't, like how many times have we just like gone into a house and been like all right how are we gonna do this <laughs> is there a back line is there a back line tonight actually anyone know no okay <laughs> the kid setting it's up it's your drum awesome. set yeah if you guys want to um, use my drums you could yeah that, i remember using 
cheese and then they sounded great. Right. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. Help me carry stuff and fair trade. Yeah. And, and now you gotta three, carry four it weeks all. later when this comes out, it'll be on record so you can't back out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like add a disclaimer like no, after this. You should use my drums. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit it. <laughs> and post. Teach you gotta cut that part out, man. Yeah. Cut paste print. You're good. So you're back on right? <laughs> not? I'm not even playing, but you're back on it. T- tonight should be cool, though, because I don't know if you checked the bands out, but Save Face is, like, one of the fucking coolest, like, I, w- I don't want to call them a pop punk band because that genre has so many negative connotations now. <laughs> it's just seem like the dumbest shit. Like, you guys ever see the, the pop punk drinking game? Okay. <laughs> yeah, the defend pop punk movement. It would have all heard it. If, if, if we're all confessing it. right now, Mr. Police Officer. Yes. I am a member of Defend Pop Punk group. <laughs> well, thank you for, for Defend Pop Punk. <laughs> thank you for your service in the war defending pop punk. There was um, we did a drinking game around. There is a flyer for a drinking game, the pop punk drinking game. Anytime they talk about leaving their hometown, take a shot. Anytime they talk about a sinking ship or some kind of nautical reference, <laughs> chug your beer. Anytime they mention a girl or something. Up. Yeah, dude, it, I don't drink, and I was like wasted in like twenty oh minutes. Boy. That was the first podcast we ever did, and it turned it very quickly turned into. We did this like two years ago. It turned into eight drunk bros yelling over each other. It's about like their favorite <laughs> four year strong song or some dumb shit. Like, like thank you, thank you. <laughs> don't do. <them. laughs> but going back to the basement show thing, something else I want to bring up that kind of is a drag is that it's a sketchy. It, <laughs> it's a sketchy kind of vibe, and like. We were talking about substitute teaching, right? Yeah. Like, some of the kids, I'll, I'll teach after school sometimes, and some of the kids try to come to shows, and sometimes I have to be like, I have to uninvite kids to shows. Yeah, I was thinking about it too. I mean, like, parents are like the other end of that. Like, you can't have your parent come see you play in a basement. Yeah, no, not all. They, they <laughs> like, you have to it. choose which friends you invite to certain places. Yeah. And I when mean, there's like a nice place, you're like, okay, everybody come. <laughs> yes. I don't think parents will ever completely understand the concept of DIY. I don't think any. Parent <laughs> <laughs> My parents sure as hell gave up. So. <laughs> how, many, how many times have you all of you gotten asked? So how much do you make each? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Kim Gordon and her daughter used to live in the town over from us. So. Wait, who's Kim Gordon? From Sonic Youth. From Sonic Youth. Oh wow! <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of like mini. Well, not. There's a lot of, I guess, mini celebs of the indie rock world living in Western Mass or used to. Like Thurston Moore did before he divorced Kim Gordon. Little bitch. See Jay Maskus at Anto- the pizza place in Antonio's. We saw him snorkeling with his kid one time. <laughs> <laughs> We're basically Jay Maskus voyeurs. Oh, yeah. And he actually goes to shows. There's this really cool bike shop in town. And I think he's friends with the owners. That's where Invalids played, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was at like the last two shows at Laughing Dog. And he didn't watch our set, but that's all right. He was still there. He's present. <laughs> I thought that floor was going to cave in. It was the yeah. second floor of a bike Same. shop, right? Yeah, yeah. It was awesome, it's though. It's scary. It was a very good time. Yeah, that was the first time I was there. Um, the owner was really nice, and he was very confident the floor wasn't going to cave in. <laughs> he said it's a post and beam, so there's like some sway, but there's a big old beam. Like that one? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like the one, the one, one just I just hit, hit my elbow on. <laughs> <laughs> he was super down as fuck, too, the owner. He's so cool and just like, yeah. he's a bike guy. So he would get it. 
yeah. get basement shows. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he is definitely a parent, and I feel like he definitely gets basement shows. But he is, he is in the one percent, and that he's <laughs> not in the ninety-nine. Skanking rich and bike guy. Yeah, Jer- Jersey had some ad- adults, has some adults that go to shows. We should make pamphlets for our parents. Like, yeah. so your child is in a DIY band. <laughs> <laughs> Here are some things to understand. Just, just you and a cop Who the hell was that old shrug? guy at the Crash Yellow Party show? Which yes, one? Joe the uh, cop explains Adam. DIY bands. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, which one? The one on Saturday? Yeah. An old guy there? Did you see the old guy? I didn't see him. I think he was a neighbor. Really? Oh, I did not he see. Was okay. He's All right. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Nice guy. <laughs> I he was at the show at your house? No, we, I was just hanging out with, like, uh, No, the Crash McGrath. show that you played the other night. I was just hanging out with P.O. and Mark McGrath, and we went over next door <laughs> and swam in the swimming pool, and he comes to the shows at uh, the wait, house wait, we're wait. talking Mar- about. Did you say Mark McGrath? Mark McGrath. Oh, no, it's oh, not. I was going to say, we're cool. going to have to change the whole direction of this <laughs> podcast now to every Mark McGrath story you have. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to see Sugar Ray this summer. I decided. Champ. Say hi to my bud for me. Yeah, I'll tell him what he said. But Swim friend. Champ, Lit, and Everclear are playing like the summer stage at Asbury Park. Yeah, dude. <laughs> they do this every tour. There's like this washed up alt rock band tour. Every summer they do that tour and like I can't imagine what the crowd's gonna look like, but I'm gonna be a part of it. So Did you see there was like a like Sugar Ray, Smash Mouth, um I think like Vertical Horizon might have been on it too or something and they were playing on a cruise ship. That wow. sounds awesome. That would have been so dope. Yeah. But I can't afford that. <laughs> Paramore. <laughs> Really? Yeah, Weezer does it. The Slackers do it too sometimes. Our our roommate downstairs is like the touring sound guy for the Slackers, and so he just gets to go to all these shows and get real drunk and do their sound and like it seems like a good time. Yeah. Music nice. life. So let's talk about let's talk about your band a little bit. Um, eh. we'll touch we'll touch on it. We'll talk <laughs> about. Let's just go quick through this one. <laughs> so you're a band? Yes. Nope. <laughs> New, <laughs> fuck. All right, cut. <laughs> cut. We're not a band. Fuck. We're a religious group. <laughs> Cult. So you do have a new album coming out. Yep. Full length album. Yes. Okay. One might even say a debut. Oh, it's nice. our it's our first proper release with Kira as our vocalist. Cool. How so? How long have all you been playing your instruments? You met at school. I'm guessing you met through school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we've been a band since like I don't know. It's been like three years or something. Three and a half. Three yeah. and a half. But um, Kira hasn't wasn't really like our official vocalist until like a year and a half a ago, year almost year two years. Ago. Cool. We, we took a long time to write this record. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's also been done for like. Yeah, we recorded it in October. Isn't it the worst feeling? And it is yeah. now oh. April. <laughs> you just get like this, uh, these blue musical blue balls, and you yeah. just like, <laughs> skeet your album everywhere. To me, it felt the weirdest when we started r- like writing a new song after the record was finished. I was like, "Wow, this song won't be released for ages." Yeah, <laughs> it's tricky. I did see the litter box session 
that you had. Sounded really good. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. They're that super cool there too. They were yeah. really great. I love those dudes. They're they're Genesee friends. They like Genesee beer, Genesee cream ale as much as we do. Oh yeah. I remember the first time we went to their house, they had a bunch of Genesee memorabilia and things. And um, we were like, yes, we're at, we're at home here. Didn't you just do a session there? Yeah. Was it in, in Angles? In Angles stopped there, who oh. were playing with you guys tonight, too. So yeah, yeah. It should be cool. Yeah, we had a real good time. They were just like, it didn't feel like awkward. or anything. It was just like a good vibe for a live session. Yeah. This is a bunch of dudes hanging out. Yeah, they're very, they're very like, <laughs> they bark a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that, there's Please a little bit can, of truth to canine that. Canine difficulties, dog fight, dog oh. fight. Oh. <laughs> I wish we had live video of Champ. We forgot to tell you that Champ is Satan. Sorry, everyone. That was just Lenny. <laughs> yeah, normally that's that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny is Lenny is Doc. <laughs> oh yeah, but the litter box guys are uh, they're very very awesome. Pete DeBarros is a very energetic fellow, and I don't know. I feel like. Pete is just embodies what that whole group is like as a whole. Pete brought a fucking giant bag because he knew we were coming. He brought a giant bag of candy from Walmart. I ate like 12 Twix bars before we played. Hell yeah. He only brought Rubinoff for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the A-list, the variety pack, all, all the good snacks. So while we're kind of tangential to your new record, um, why don't we play a song from it? Uh, you're blank but better? Sure. Deep cut or track one? What's the pick? Deep cut. Hell okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll give them some a little later. And this is coming out pretty soon? Probably oh. in the summertime. Um, oh, because you're waiting yeah, for vinyl. Yeah, so uh, as soon as we get like test presses and some sort of timeline on when it's going to be out, we're going to do some kind of like digital release and stuff like that. Start pre orders or Yeah, there. do that pre order bullshit and yeah. uh, have like a sing quote unquote single. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. And this is the song that we're probably considering being that single, so this will be a secret look into it. Awesome. Yeah, let's check it out.
You should. While you're in town, Cinco de Mayo. Anyone oh, yeah. recommend yeah, it to you? Yeah, that's where we went last time. Oh, hell yeah. Authentic. The best. We were talking about it on the way right ride here. Yeah. Last time we went to the beer store and there was a homeless man and he was like, yeah, can you buy me a 40? And we were like, well, actually it was the person behind the counter was like, no, you go away. Leave them alone. But he like, we bought a 30 rack and we were walking to Cinco de Mayo to get a burritos and the homeless dude was like following us and he was like, that's a lot of beer. Do you want me to carry that? I'll carry it to your car if you give me, if you give me a couple. And he just like followed us like the whole way almost. It was like so uncomfortable. That's sketch. But if he's still here, we'll buy him a 40 this time. <laughs> Hook him up. <laughs> yeah, there's some, you know, there's some strange people, sketchy people here for sure. Um, Have you ever eaten a fat sandwich? This is going to, I feel like every podcast with a touring band, it's going to be the generic question I ask. But it's like a New Brunswick staple where you s- it's essentially a sandwich and you put f- fucking anything on it. Like cheeseburger patty, french fries, tomato, like mustard, chicken fingers, falafel. Like there's like uh, 50 different to choose from. I kind of w- recommend it, but it depends how all of your bowels. Like I don't know if anyone has any issues. I digest pretty well. Nice. <laughs> I'd be down. We were, we were in Princeton like a year ago. And we went to this one sandwich place, and they had, like, I don't even remember, like, what they were called, but they had, like, crazy subs, like, or is it a hoagie here? Is that what, is that what y'all call it? It's weird, because South Jersey is, like, hoagie and pop, but, like, Mm -hmm. eventually you pass this one mile marker, and then no one else says it, say soda and subs and shit. Yeah. South Jersey's, like, a different state. It's more like Delaware than... They say pop in South Jersey? Yeah, dude. Wow. And they all like bang their cousins too. I just yeah, don't really. Oh, okay. <laughs> just don't get it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, cheese up. <laughs> yeah. So it had it had crazy sandwiches with like all kinds of toppings like that. Like I think we got like chicken, mozzarella sticks, French fries, all this stuff piled on, and then we all felt like garbage afterwards. Yeah, that's that's essentially what a fat sandwich is, and you might feel like garbage after it. But I feel like garbage all the time. Yeah. If you <laughs> What's I, a little more garbage in your life? I am garbage. Like human I'm human garbage garbage cop trash. So nothing new for me, you know. Uh, at least you you know who you are. That's more than most people can say. <laughs> garbage cop. All right, so go on. Hello, everyone. Hey. I am. Yeah, well, Kira um, definitely changed the dynamic of the band a lot. I know that we're trying to wrap up, but um, she brought in, uh, like, a lot of new, f- like, female perspective, and, uh, the, like, our lyrics are changing focus a lot, so. I believe someone's parents once said that I uh, made the band less of a frat. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought it was I thought it was Lenny's parents. <laughs> Very well could have been. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> accurate. Well, Actually, yes, I remember this. And my mom. Yeah, basically I you know, I went to a lot of shows and I played in the band. Like I went on a, a two-week tour basically immediately upon joining the band and it was the first band I'd been in and you know, I was used to not seeing that many women at shows, but once we went on that tour, it was just so staggering. And I was unhappy a lot of the time because, you know, as much as I love everyone in this band, it's just, it's tough to ha- not have someone with the same perspective as you. Sure. Um, and someone who 
Like it, people ask me if I was the merch girl a lot, and you know that that wears on you, that sucks. especially when I had just joined and I wasn't really that confident in my own position. Sure. So basically, after that tour was when we started writing the new record, and I just put a lot of that perspective into the lyrics, and it's basically most of the record is about trying to empower other women to become musicians because I always was into music and I had these three best friends who were all girls and we all like got together and we would be like oh listen to this new band and like for fun we went to like shitty ass church shows and stuff and like it just was amazing to me that I never the four of us were never like let's start a band let's learn instruments because it just we didn't have the role models for it no we were just seeing all these boys and like the only position we saw for ourselves were fans. And I think that a lot of girls are in that position, and my goal was basically to inspire other women to make music. And because it's been a really, really empowering experience for me, as much as it's been, you know, difficult and upsetting and, like, really sad sometimes. Um, and some of the guys that I meet are just terrible, and, like, they'll shake everyone else's hand except for mine. That's the worst. yeah. It's it's sad, and I just, I want other women to talk to me at shows, because I don't care anymore about, like, the dude promoters and everyone, you know, knowing whether I'm in the band. Like, I don't, I'll just fucking play a great set, and then, then they'll know, but I'd rather have girls at shows come up to me and talk to me and, like, you know. Talk about being in the music scene. Yeah, and I want them to hear a record and then talk to each other. Yeah. That's awesome that you're trying to, like, start a conversation about it. Yeah. Because it's, it's still, like, an issue. Even though, like, there's bands like you that are doing it and, like, bands that are sending out that message. like. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with the reputation of the band before I was in it. But, like, we don't get put on bills with other women. Like, it's so rare. And yeah. it's really, like, depressing for me. Sure. I have two of the people in Best of the Worst third girls and um Yeah, I had a, I had a conversation with one of them about that. Yeah, with Kate. Yeah. Oh yeah. We got real riled up together. Yeah. <laughs> Kate's got a lot of ideas about that stuff that and she's right. She's been she's been going to shows for a very long time and she's dealt mm-hmm. with like every gamut of like bullshit like, Oh, you're carrying merch, who's who are you dating in the band? And she talked a lot about how trumpet is seen as a male instrument. Okay. That's something I never yeah. even considered, but mm-hmm. Some people definitely perceive it as that. I'd yeah. Say. yeah. Yeah. She she was great to talk to. And that's like what that's what my goal is. Is to go I I for this tour I made a bunch of friendship bracelets because I knew that if girls saw them on the t- the merch table they would come up and talk to me about it. And like that was just it's like, you know, it's fun making friendship bracelets. Yeah, it, you actually but like you made a bunch of friends at the show at the meet Yeah, locker. it makes uh, I just like want other girls at shows to feel like they can talk to me and talk about music and like actually had like this exact conversation with one of them where she was like she was younger than me too which was what made it really interesting she was like 19 i think and she was like oh yeah like my brother was in a band and he used to always play at at the meat locker and stuff and then but like one of them you know broke up the band or whatever and and i was like oh well like why don't you start a band and play at the meat locker and she's like oh i could never do that and i was like Uh. yeah you could like yeah. you're only you're only 19. Like you've got plenty of time to it's that learn easy. an instrument. Yeah. You just gotta want to do it. Yeah, even it's if you're not good at first, there are plenty of guys who are not good. You know. Yeah, right. And they all get passes, and like that's what is really interesting for a lot of female performers is that you have to be stellar 
in order to be respected. And like, if you don't, if you can't like talk gear or you know talk, I can't talk gear for shit. Yeah, like I'm the worst. Right, but you know, people will give you a pass for that, and they don't give it to women. That's true. People that's assume that I don't know anything. Yeah, that's a drag. Yeah, it is, and like. Um, uh, Sadie from Speedy Ortiz talks about this a lot, how she writes parts that are purposefully really difficult because she had she had to do that to get respect. And I just like think that's so fucked up. Yeah. It's but, but she also shreds. So Well yeah, it's true, but like I don't know. It's it's a weird paradox in my opinion that like women should be able to play like shitty easy chords and still be have someone be like that was great because people say that about men. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the band Candy Hearts? Yes. Okay. I have a lot of problems with yes. <laughs> that. Yes. Whole I, uh, there was an article written. I don't know if you know oh, about the article. Oh, yeah. yeah. This can be a whole other separate oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> for me. It set me off very much. Yeah, it was bad. It, I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was yeah, like. Can you, can you like give a so quick basically summary? The singer of Candy Hearts mm-hmm. is a woman, and she wrote this article about basically like how to survive being a girl in a band. And it was like all this stuff about like basically sucking it up when people were you know, giving you shit and being like, you're just going to have to deal with learning to put on your eyeliner in the van and, like, that you should offer to drive the van even if you don't really want to because the guys probably won't want you to anyway. <sighs> Jeez. Because they don't so want a dumb. tiny girl behind the wheel. And I was just... Get, get the yeah. fellas to carry for the amps in. For the record, I'd much rather you drive than Lenny. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was really interesting and it's just... That's that's like the whole attitude that I struggle with because I feel like there is a lot of pressure to just like be one of the boys and that if you're 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 like a downer if you're not if you're not down to like be all gross and whatever and <laughs> <laughs> that's really all I can sum it up as but um, I think as long as everyone is just themselves and it learns to just be cool then I don't see any problems everyone's just got to be cool <laughs> and not have any like preconceived things that automatically pigeon someone pigeonhole someone into a certain box you know. Yeah. So easier said than done. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's really awesome that you're all. There would be a lot of like problems of the world solved if like that were the case. Yeah, everyone's just be new Bible, and it's just going to be say be chill, (laughs) and that's it. That's what I say. Well, and that's one thing that I I feel. (laughs) 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 But that's that's honestly, I feel like that's a little bit of the root of the problem. That like, if you're a girl and you aren't chill, on the road or at a show or whatever, then there's judgment. I like, agree. Oh, like, like you're, you're automatically a bitch. If you're emotional, yeah. She's a bitch bossy. Like, Meanwhile, yeah, if exactly. a guy did it, he's in control, but she's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting path, but it means a lot to me. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing that with the music and the lyrics. I give you all a lot of credit for carrying that message, and I think that's important shit. Um, on that note, we're going to wrap up, and I'm going to play... What are we feeling like aggressive, hardcore, <laughs> feminist fronted, or like, yeah, or like, like proper, <laughs> yeah, or like gouge away? You ever hear that? Yeah, yeah dude, they're sick. All right, let's play a gouge away track. These are our friends from South Florida. Yeah, right on. I'll play through the speakers so we can just jam out. Cool. Right on. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank, thanks, yeah, thank you. Check him out, new album this summer, Shikoski. See you later tonight. Yeah, see you in uh, <laughs> at the gig. That sounded weirder than I meant. To. <laughs> <laughs>